Please be seated as Deirdre comes and reads from the Gospel of John, chapter 10. Thanks, Deirdre. As Trevor said, today's reading is from John chapter 10, pages 1076 in the Bibles. The Good Shepherd and His Sheep. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters the the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So, when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. This is the word of the Lord. This week, um, I met with Ali, and um, we were discussing, and we we were chatting with, um, some of you may may remember Mel Lacey, 
we were chatting with Lacey about the shifting trends in children's and, and youth work and uh, she was giving us some insights from the UK uh, and we as we sometimes do uh, we were brainstorming and uh, we were talking about how we can integrate the younger folk into, into our service which I must admit we haven't been good at and we're going to get better at it with God's help but one of the things Ali and I discussed was some of the younger members so if you're, you're here today there's not too many of you but if you're here and you're under 15 I'm, and we'll do this we'll get better at this this is just starting today but we, we might even go as far as in, in the coming months when we get ourselves a little bit more organized that if you're a, a, a youngish person you would come and uh, meet the preacher before the service and he would give you some uh, clues as to what he's going to what God is saying to them and so this morning if you're here and you would like to say to me afterwards as I stand outside this is is what I got today is is, is a little bit simpler because I'm trying to make it simple for you um, today we're talking about comparisons so when we look at three comparisons there may be more but the three that we're going to look at this morning you come and tell me which comparison you would go with or you would prefer so listen out to those uh, comparisons this morning let's just pray as we begin together father god would you just be with us as we look at this ever so familiar passage of scripture but there's always something new that you can teach us we pray through your spirit this morning that you would speak to each one of us in jesus name amen well there's two great I am's in this, in this passage that we're looking at this morning. I am the gate and I am the good shepherd. Why did Jesus come out with these two statements at this particular time? Well, we, we saw that he was, he was having a discussion with the Pharisees, but the, the key to, to this uh, passage, I am the gate and I am the good shepherd, is actually chapter 9. And if, when you go home, <clears throat> read, read chapter 9 for yourselves, but I will give you just a brief um, what happened in chapter 9. There's a young man who has been born blind, and Jesus comes and um, he has a chat with this young man, and uh, Eventually, Jesus uh, spits in the, in the mud and makes some, some muddy thing and rubs it on his eyes and tells him to go and wash the mud off his eyes. And when he does that, he is able to see. And then he goes to the temple and the Pharisees, who were the religious leaders of the day, who were meant to be the true shepherds of Israel, they couldn't get excited about this guy who had been uh, healed of his blindness and who could see. And there's a discussion in chapter, in chapter uh, 9 about the dialogue between this young man who now has received his sight and the Pharisees. And they're starting to question. Uh, and they, they start to doubt, was he actually blind in the first place? And... The discussion goes on and on and 
they call his parents and they're conscious that if they say things the wrong way that they will be, they will be thrown out of the, the temple as well by the Pharisees. And so they say, yes, he is our son and yes, he was born blind. And the Pharisees are accusing him that they must have been sinning and all this sort of thing. And uh, then they, a second time, we read in, in verse uh, 30, uh, 24 of chapter 9, a second time they summoned the young man who had been blind. And they said, give glory to God by telling us the truth. As if this guy was telling them a lies that he, he was, uh, wasn't blind in the first place. Um, they said, we know that this man is a sinner. And this was talking about Jesus. And he replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did you open your eyes? And he answered, I have told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? And then we read that they hurled insults at him in verse uh, 28. And they said, you are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses. But as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, now, what is rem- that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners He listens to a godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. To this, they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. That would be a bit like somebody coming here who had been healed of some serious illness and we're trying to work out how this has happened. We don't believe it's a miracle and we throw the person out. Imagine that happening. And so Jesus stands amongst these uh, so-called shepherds of of, uh, Israel and that's why he says, I am the true shepherd. I'm not like these other shepherds who are hanging around. But let's go back to the beginning of this chapter 10. Uh, where, and this is one of the comparisons. There is a wrong way to enter the sheep pen and there is a right way to enter it. We read in chapter 10 that the thief, he comes and he, he, he will try to get into the sheep pen whatever way he can. It won't be through the gate. It'll be through a gap or it'll be over the, over the hedge or over the wall. You know, many people today are trying to come to Jesus Anyway, over the wall, through the gap, but they're not coming through the gate. They think religion will save them. They think going to church regularly will save them. They think good works will save them. They think if I'm just a good person, that's, that's enough. And that's, that's the thief telling us, that's the devil telling us that anyway will do. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus says, I am the gate. We also remember those those other verses that Jesus said, I am the way, 
the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He is the gate by which we must enter. Jesus comes and the gatekeeper opens the door. The sheep listen to his voice because they know him. But more importantly, he knows them and he calls them by name. They follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger's voice. They will run far from him. About once or twice a year, my brother goes away and he asks me to, to check on his cattle. And when he goes into the field, the cattle will just stand around and wait for him to do whatever he's going to do, bring them to a new field or whatever. When I go into the field, they run the opposite direction because they don't know me. They're not used to me. They're used to him. They're used to his voice. And you know, sometimes we need to ask ourselves, who do we follow? Who do we follow? What voice are we following? Are we listening to news channels or popular speakers who seem to be the the speaker of the age and then you realize after a while that these so-called megastars of, 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 of churches, they no longer believe in anything. Do we go to the internet? Do we follow other, other Christians who maybe it's not a good place to follow? What voice are we listening to? Are we listening to the still small voice of our shepherd? I remember when God was calling Ruth and myself to Uganda. We were very sure of that, that voice, the voice of the shepherd. And one Sunday morning, it was, uh, and Morris will know what I'm talking about, um, in, in the morning, this particular Sunday morning, and there was four people sitting in the front pew where there, nobody ever sat. And they had their best suits on and their ties and I knew straight away that they were nominators. Morris knows the story. Um, we, 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 can speak, we can pick nominators out a mile away. But they wanted me to come to their particular church. And I said, I don't feel God is calling me to your church. And he turned around and said, I was stoking the fire this morning, which was interesting. And I was using a newspaper to light the fire and there was your picture uh, because we'd been doing some things with Fields of Life. There was your picture and I thought, well, that's nice. He was burning me actually. Um, But we feel that God is calling you to, to this particular church. And I said, I don't think he is. He said, be sure the devil is not calling you to the wrong place. So we need to know that we need to know whose voice we are listening to. Jesus says in verse uh, 7, and then he says it again in verse, well, in verse 7, he says, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. And then again in verse 9, he says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. See, Jesus is the only way, the only one by whom we can be saved. The gate is narrow, but we must come through Jesus. In Jesus, you will find pasture. 
only he can satisfy. You may try different pastors, but in the end, only Jesus satisfies. I love the picture today, and uh, we were over in, in uh, we were down in uh, Kerry uh, in, in May, and um, it reminds me of the enclosures in the Middle East and uh, even in Uganda, where you would see uh, rings around with stones and, and this archway where uh, the, the sheep would go in. And in the, in the New Testament times and in, in Middle Eastern times, the shepherd would lie at the entrance of the, of the, of the pen to make sure that nothing escaped or nothing got in, either thieves or robbers or wild animals. And that's important because Jesus, as our shepherd, will protect us. Because many will come, many will come in different names to try to steal our joy. But in Jesus, he is our true joy. He is our peace. So the first comparison between the two ways into the fold, we see that Jesus knows us. He is the right way. He knows everything about us. Something special about knowing our name. No matter what you're going through, Jesus calls you by name and says, Trevor, I know you. I love you. I am here to protect you. I am the gate. No one will get to you through me. The thief will not steal what you have in me. And then we have the second comparison, that of the hired hand or the owner. In verse 11, we read, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for this sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is the hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Do you see the difference, the comparison between the hired hand and the owner or the good shepherd? The hired hand runs away when trouble comes. Why? Because he doesn't, own the, he doesn't own the sheep, so why would he get into trouble and run away? <laughs> this used to happen in Uganda a bit. You would see young boys, maybe seven, eight, ten, and they'd be looking after a big herd of cows. And when the cows got a bit out of hand and there was no fences, there was no hedges they just roamed everywhere and, and the idea of these these young boys was to keep the cows from, from grazing other people's crops but if a cow has nothing much to eat and he sees a nice crop you know what's going to happen but the young boys would run away why? because they didn't own the cows they didn't want to get into trouble uh, so that is, that is a problem with a hired hand Whereas the good shepherd, the, the owner will lay down his life for the sheep. He will be there when all others fail. He owns the sheep. And that's the difference. He has created us. He has died for us. He owns us. Not only have we seen that the good shepherd knows us, he also owns us. And then we see the third and final comparison. 
we see the difference between the false shepherd and the good shepherd. And we talked about the false shepherd, uh, the Pharisees from, from chapter 9. But Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep and I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This is the command I received from my Father. And in Jesus, uh, talking about here, I am the good shepherd, he's also referring back to Ezekiel chapter 34, where Jesus talked about uh, the shepherds of Israel who weren't doing what they were meant to be doing. And you can read that uh, yourself, Ezekiel chapter 34. But here Jesus is making it very clear that he is the good shepherd. He's not like these Pharisees who are meant to be the shepherds, they were meant to be the pastors of, of the flock. Imagine that they had no concern whatsoever for this young man who had received his sight. They threw him out. They were meant to be the true shepherds. But Jesus reminds them again, he says, I am the good shepherd. But he goes on to explain that he has to lay down his life for the sheep. Do you know, for him to be our good shepherd, it cost him his life. So that he could bring many sheep into the sheep pen, including you and me. We have seen that Jesus knows us. He owns us. And we see that he cares for us. He has laid down his life for us. That shows you that he cares for each one of us. He went to the cross. He went for you and for me. He died and was buried. And the third day he took his life back again at the command of his father. And if he did that for you and he did that for me, it just shows you how much he cares for us. Can't but think of that verse. Cast all your cares upon Jesus because he cares for you. The hired hand, the false shepherd, they run away when you need them most. But come what may, Jesus, the good shepherd, will always be with you. So in conclusion, I would ask, is Jesus, if he is to be your good shepherd, you need to ask him, to be your shepherd. You need to come through the gate, not through some other way. You need to come through the gate. And the first step of getting to know Jesus is to enter into a relationship with him. Give your life to him. You need to get to know him. Get to know his voice. Follow his voice, not the voice of the world. Knowing Jesus is not all about getting all religious. It's all about a relationship. And as you and I well know, all relationships need to be worked at. They just don't happen without effort. If you know Jesus already, go deeper with him. Get to know him better. Meditate on his word. Find that sweet spot. All of us have different sweet spots where we can talk with him. 
Enjoy his presence. Fellowship with other believers. Iron sharpens iron and it's good to be with other believers. Make a difference where you're at. Bring about change and don't grumble about everything that is wrong. Help to make a difference. Follow his voice wherever it may bring you. And this I can confidently confidently say to you. If Jesus is your good shepherd, you will have life. And you will have it, as some versions say, to the full. Other versions say, more abundantly. But be careful, the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. But if Jesus is our good shepherd, he has come that we may have life and have it to the full. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you indeed are our good shepherd. You've laid down your life for each one of us. Lord, thank you that you know us, you care for us, you own us. And because of those things, we know that you have come to give us life, to give us life to the full. Help us to remain in you. Help us to deepen that Uh, relationship with you so when the thief comes you'll be there to protect us so he won't steal and he won't kill and won't destroy because you are our good shepherd Amen